0: hello 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 and welcome back to the yahoo fantasy hoops podcast i believe this is episode 11 uh that is just a shocking number nobody thought we'd get this far um i am merely andy barons coming to you from chicago and i'm joined as always by some someone who really must be going through some stuff right now uh his favorite pitcher on his favorite team, Madison Bumgarner, uh, uh, now a free agent, talking to the Dodgers, the hated Dodgers. Uh, his his favorite basketball team, the Warriors, who he bandwagoned a few years ago. Uh, the only team they can beat is the Bulls. That's it. They can only beat the Bulls and uh, his Niners, his poor Niners. Missing Richard Sherman now, an injury-ravaged mess. The Super Bowl dreams are pretty much out the window. Dalton, is anything going right in your world?
1: Yeah, poor Niners, man. You see that game? Did you catch that game? That snooze fest. Uh, second team ever to NFL history allow that many points on the road and win. Just out. Of, that was so much fun, man. I, it's, it's it's nice to know that a uh, you know it doesn't matter a bet on the line or anything. I was just an old school fan, man. I got so into that. So weird in the West Coast a 10 a.m. game getting so into it. That had yeah. like playoff atmosphere. And I was into my guy. Jimmy G came through. So uh, that was a lot of fun. But we'll we'll get to the hoops. But man, the Niners. So, so much fun.
0: An argument can be made that they've now played like the game of the year in back to back weeks, right? The Ravens game was terrific. It was just a terrific watch, and I would be totally happy with that Super Bowl. And then the Saints game was was unreal. That was video game stuff. Uh yeah. Those two and maybe the maybe the Texans and Saints to open the season are, are my favorite games I've seen this year.
1: Yeah. So much scoring, so much fun. And yeah, you've mentioned it. I got it. I, thankfully for the 49ers, because not a lot of uh, great stuff going on for the Bay Area for baseball and certainly not basketball.
0: Yeah, I may actually uh Depending on depending on how things go with uh, the Trubisky's against the Packers this week, uh, I may have to bandwagon the Niners because I'm a Kittle's my guy um, from back in the Iowa days. So uh, i I'm, I may have to jump on this thing a little bit. A few weeks later than Matt Harmon did few years later than you did but i may have to jump on this niners thing
1: what a beast what a beast. What about your local team you just actually saw the bulls last night yes in person
0: hell yeah i did hell yeah i saw the bulls uh 30 point 34 point win i believe it was over the atlanta hawks um zach Levine throws his name right back into the mvp yeah. conversation uh what was it 35 points maybe on on i think 12 of 16 shooting what a magical night for the bulls It sure made their full season point differential look a little bit better. Um, I think they're like the the East has been better than I think a lot of us thought it would be right. There's at least we'll call it six really solid teams in the East right now. But then still the bottom couple spots in the East are just like, I don't know. The bulls are three games out of the playoffs and are terrible. The bulls who have lost to the golden state warriors home and home, um, the the Bulls are three games out of the playoffs in the East.
1: Yeah, that that is crazy. You know, I think Levine became what the thirteenth player or something to score thirty five points in in twenty five minutes or fewer. He sat out the whole fourth,
0: right? That's pretty impressive. He sat, sat out the fourth. I mean, when you think of efficiency in the modern NBA, you obviously you think, think of, of Zach Levine. So no surprise there, right? But, no, it was really fun. It was my first. Seven seven. It's my first look at Trey Young, which was a little bit like you know he's on a back to back. Um, the Hawks were the Hawks were just dead. Like the Hawks didn't have it going at any point in that game. They were they were kind of energetic, maybe a little bit in the first quarter. And then it just got away from everything unraveled really quickly. Like,
1: and then he still hands out 13 assists though, in 31 minutes. Ho hum though, you know, right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But like you go see Trey young and you're like, Hmm, maybe I'll get a 50 point game tonight. That always seems in play. Um, and he was much more playmaker than anything else. Still fun. Um, it played out like the typical bulls game this year where like, I'm so used to them running up first quarter leads. That's not even that's not even in question. Like, there's not a team in the league that they can't that they can't be up on in the first quarter of a game and then still bomb.
1: Yeah, no typical Bulls game, win by thirty. I hear you.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Again, their point differential now is like you know they're like minus one per game or something like that. It's crazy. They've been so bad. But that's probably more Bulls content than anybody needed. Let's just get straight into our starting five. Whoa, Let's talk about Kevin Love. Let's talk about a different bad team. Let's talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers. And um, the possibility of a Kevin Love deal, he had a, I don't know, he had a game that was probably right in line with his season averages against uh, against Houston the other night. Houston just squeaking out a win against Cleveland with Harden scoring 55. Uh, Love has been a little bit up and down lately, uh, had some low scoring games, but trade rumors uh, everywhere about this guy. And... He's tough like he's a tough player. He makes he makes all of the money um and he makes all of the money like going forward over like three more years. So it's not the easiest contract. It's not perhaps the most attractive contract. Everybody there's a lot of teams that probably kind of sort of should be in on him. I can't imagine that anybody views him as you know, obviously, if he were a player of the caliber that just elevates you into playoff contention, then the Cavs perhaps would be in playoff contention or the T-Wolves would have been before them. But a wonderful complimentary player, obviously a great rebounder, um, shut down defender if if you're guarding Steph Curry. We um, yeah. all remember that. Um, so obviously somebody who can contribute to winning, uh, like, I don't know, handicap the field in terms of trading for Kevin Kevin Love. And do you even think he gets dealt? A very compromised uh, Curry in that
1: situation. But fantasy (laughs) turn, I don't know where he's going to end up. But yes, I do think he's going to fantasy owners are certainly hoping because you think it's a great spot. You know, Cleveland just dominating the usage rate with no one else there. But I I was dealing with an illness recently. But I mean, he was like, I mean, didn't score 10 points in four games there. It's just borderline unusable. Um, I mean, nice to see the 32 minutes against Houston. Uh, but obviously they're not gonna they're not gonna risk injuring him. So I think he he needs to be traded for fantasy owners, and I think it will happen, but it's certainly not an obvious destination with that contract being so you know, it's tricky. And he wants to go to a contender. I don't know what that means, but um, yeah, I mean it's it's a situation that fantasy owners hope gets resolved sooner rather than later because it's just a disaster right now.
0: Yeah, the the Blazers seem like the perfect destination in in some respects because they obviously need another piece. They're there's still a couple games out of the eighth seed, I believe, in the West. Things are a little bit better with Anthony, but maybe I don't know. Maybe with Anthony now in the mix, you can't like you certainly you couldn't play Anthony and Kevin Love together, right? That yeah, would seem tough. That would seem tough a mistake. Um, yeah. yeah, but he he seemed like a natural fit there at least for the at the start of the season. That the Phoenix Suns right now are like the eighth seed in uh, in the Western Conference. That's another situation where, like, I don't know what it would really look like if Kevin Love and DeAndre Ayton were on the floor simultaneously. <laughs> that might, that might not be your most locked down defensive lineup. Um, but they're a team that I like could probably get interested in adding a piece and and sort of securing their their playoff potential. I don't know, man. You hear about the Jazz, but I don't know what they could deal. The team that I think would be fun to enter this thing would be um, the Raptors. I think like the Raptors have been basically probably at their ceiling or certainly whatever ceiling you thought they had coming into the into the year. They've been playing great, even without Kawhi, like their winning Siakam found another level. That to me could be really fun if it, and it wouldn't even have to be Kevin Love, like if they added a piece because we thought coming into the year, wow, they're probably going to flip Gasol. They're probably going to flip Lowry. They're they're, You know, they're going to break this down and they're going to shed pieces. And now they're just they're just way too good to give away anybody right yeah and recent
1: till recently they were top five in both
0: offense and defense
1: efficiency something crazy for a team that we expected to take such a step back toronto but they have fallen back a little in offense since since then but yeah that would be an interesting destination but uh it's just been so frustrating kevin love like if you dfs players are just he'll play 20 minutes some of these games i know the illness has maybe been a contributing factor but man he needs a new scenery or something but yeah definitely that would be interesting toronto
0: i didn't thought i of do like I, I assume you agree with this. almost any trade destination helps him, right? because Cleveland can't afford yeah, yeah. To, to, to run him into the ground. Um, Cleveland can't afford to get him injured. They got to get off the the contract presumably and try to get an asset or two.
1: Yeah, no, because they can't play him because they're worried about him getting hurt. And no, it's a horrible situation. No, it for right now is the worst. Anywhere anywhere would be a positive if I'm a fantasy owner of his.
0: All right. Our second topic. Um, we missed this by a few days, but uh I th- I feel like we gotta and I almost don't want to talk about this team at all. I would love to ignore this team entirely, but the Knicks made a coaching change. Fizdale is out. Um Mike Miller is in. It's not the Mike Miller that I, everybody's uh, familiar with, in case that's what you thought. Um that like I I don't know. So much is going on with the Knicks. And there's such a, you know, pardon the language. There's such a show. I don't know that this has made any sort of substantial change. Is this is this good for Barrett? Bad for Barrett? OK for Robinson? Like, I don't I don't even know how to handicap this. I was on the radio yesterday trying to talk about it. And they're just they're just such a mess to me. The personnel is such a mess. The Point guard situation is terrible. They have three bad options there. Like, I, I don't know. Does this make you feel any better or worse about the Knicks? First, you're right. I was disappointed
1: when I found out it wasn't the Mike Miller hitting all those threes <laughs> back with the Heat in the finals. You know, when LeBron he couldn't miss. That was I totally thought it was him. But yeah, this hasn't moved the needle for me much. Barrett has just been a disaster in, in category leagues because of the shooting percentages. But yeah. if he's going to get all continue to get all that run. Certainly interesting in, in points leagues and DFS. Mitchell. So I guess the two key things I'd say is Mitchell Robinson. Are they going to quit messing around with him? I know that foul trouble is part of his issue. But there's Portis and Gibson. They've been given uh, unnecessary playing time too over him. So Robinson and then Alfred Payton is another guy in deeper fantasy leagues. If he the point guard situation there is totally up in the air. It's so he's kind of terrible. They're uh, there, there all bad that options. Yeah. And he might be bad option too. But that's this kind of a guy if I'm really in a deeper league and and, and if he starts getting the minutes, you know, that th- those are the two situations. It's Robinson and the point guard situation.
0: Yeah. I feel like I find Fisdale to be extremely entertaining I, I also think it's really hard to evaluate a, a you know whatever I'm, I'm not I'm not on the Knicks uh nightly on league pass I'll just I'll just say that right like I'm not watching a ton of this basketball um I'm I'm more like I see the league through the prism of the bulls which is also unfortunate but it's got to be difficult to evaluate a head coach with a roster like that with like the the five or six power forward roster and they're trying to find minutes for all of them
1: oh yeah and obviously the organization's the problem's from the starts from the top there so yeah no i have nothing yes, yeah no criticism of Fizdale, whatever yeah no he was in a disaster situation no win there they need to start really cleaning house there but what do you do until the owner's gone i don't know what the answer is i guess durant recently came out and said he strongly there was a report that he strongly did consider joining the knicks so who knows but yeah, that's that's a problem. That,
0: that that organization is 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 basically rock bottom. Uh, I forgot to mention that. Like again, that this whole season of like an injured Kevin Dur- Kevin Durant just saying stuff is going to be really fun. Yeah, guess, like yeah. that's not even that's not even like top ten list of the most interesting things that he's said in the off season. He's been so yeah, good.
1: He also said he wants to be an owner someday too. This last week too. Yeah, I know he has a lot of free times on his hand and a lot of burner accounts to to use. <laughs>
0: perhaps not as many as dalton del don yes. but uh, certainly he, yes, many burners he made that
1: joke as well on twitter yes yes
0: <laughs> well let's get let's get the stink of the knicks off of this podcast and uh and switch to something that is actually fun and entertaining and that is uh Devontae graham uh item number three in our starting five he just put up 40 on the nets uh on wednesday night hit seven threes and be i you know i came home from the bulls game i'm watching a little nba tv and uh they man they had They had really fun stats on Graham. They had like a short interview with him. You know, he's made nearly as many threes this season as James Harden. I forget what the difference was. It's like 10 or 12. Um, And he's done it taking like a hundred less three point attempts. It's pretty crazy. Uh, Like shooting an incredible percentage Put himself. I don't know. People talk about him like he's a fringe all star. I think he's just a flat out all star. I don't I don't know how you're going to I don't know how you're going to find, I don't know, a dozen players more deserving of all star status than him. Nobody drafted him. Just a great season in, in progress so far. Uh, any reason not to think this is sustainable? I mean, I used him as my
1: stock up in my stock watch video yesterday. And, and remarkably, Good he, had timing. That big, he had that big game afterward. Usually they always put up duds right after when I do that, almost like clockwork. So shockingly, <laughs> he had a big game. And he just keeps getting better. It's amazing. So a few stats. he's uh, When I recorded the video, at least, he's top eight in assists per game, threes per game, and even touches per game. I mean, he was ranked in between James Harden and the Greek freak in touches per game so yeah. top 15 fantasy player the last two weeks and that's with him shooting like 40 percent too so it's not like he's just been unreasonably hot shooting and he's been racking up the steals Terry Rozier's been a little bit better too so that's, maybe they can coexist but he's definitely been the team's best player borderline all-star or you say it should be guaranteed all-star either way you're right went from undrafted in fantasy leagues to to an all-star caliber season awesome
0: yeah, I mean, what, it's, what more can you say? I, I don't know. I don't. I don't see the argument that he wouldn't be an all star. He's averaging twenty points a game right now. He's he's hitting nearly four threes a game. Again, that's it. Like he's at he's at three point eight threes a game. Harden is at four point nine a game, but Harden is shooting 14 threes a game, and uh, yeah. and Graham's not even at nine. Uh, so just a just a terrific season. And as you say, he's up there in assists too. It's almost eight assists per game. Um, like this guy's just a flat out all star. And and like apologies, I don't know a month ago. I feel like we talked about him and th- the combination of Dismissed. like he's like six one and and Rogier is a tiny player as well and it just doesn't seem like the kind of the kind of tandem that could coexist for very long but um Definitely. it's working reasonably well and he's just he's just been sensational. I don't have any shares of Graham. M-
1: me neither. And Roto World noted he became the third player in NBA history to make at least 100 three pointers in 27 games or fewer to start a season. Wow. Curry and Harden, the other two. So pretty good That's company. It, that- those yeah. are the three. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a great stat. Yeah.
0: So that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Pretty sensational. If you own him, and again, I don't, uh, do you see him as any sort of sell high? Or is this just one of those situations where you've already, like, the profits have been so big, he's been so great, and there's no reason not to think it's going to continue? Yeah, I'm probably riding him out and just
1: keep, especially because there'll be people that are skeptical because of the name, you know, and the undraft in this. So I, I think yeah. probably just in general, I would keep him and I would not be looking to sell because I just think it's proven that Brazier... He's been able to put up his numbers next to him. And there's no turning back now. I mean, he looks looks like the real deal. He looks like, I think the sample's big enough.
0: All right, let's move on to item number four. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. Mark Stein has been reporting that we will not see Zion Williamson probably until maybe January, hopefully January, certainly 2020. Um, The timeline for Zion's return from injury could have been sometime soon. Doesn't seem like that's going to happen. The team has ruled him out of playing in back-to-backs. I feel like we were joking maybe a couple weeks ago about the Reggie Miller comments about Zion not playing at all this season. Um, New Orleans has been far worse than anybody anticipated Um, coming into the year. A lot of folks were talking about them as a plausible playoff team. They are clearly not that. Um, they're going to have to sell off some pieces. I don't know. How, like, right now, how realistic is it in your mind that uh, that Zion is back in January? A lot of talk about with this team. First off, that Zion, I took him in the second round of that Roto World live
1: draft, you know, trying to get cute, and uh, man...
0: Well, before the, injury, spots before, an like, IL. before the injury. Before the injury happened, there was no... So
1: he's just he's just essentially killing me without an IL spot with just three bench spots. So that's been brutal, and I don't expect... Yeah, this these reports is... I mean, he's... Uh, He's not going to be super helpful for fantasy play. I mean, you're in a you're in a playoff league, obviously. You want you want to hold on to him, but it's not, he's not going to be unleashed until next season. This is just definitely a pessimistic view, and I'm I'm worried. Other guys on this team, uh, Lonzo Ball moved to the bench. Is Lonzo Ball not going to be a good NBA NBA player? I mean, he's been extremely frustrated, uh, frustrating. Uh, Jackson Hayes is an interesting guy, and then Brandon Ingram is going absolutely nuts. Uh, Andy, can you guess what Brandon Ingram is shooting from the free throw line last month?
0: Oh, um, this is a, no. It, has he missed? Has he not it's missed? Random.
1: So he's a career 68% free throw shooter and he's shooting 94% from the line the last <laughs> month. 96% in, in December. I, yeah. I don't know what to make of it. The sample is getting there like six times a game to the line. So very bizarre going from a 60% free throw shooter
0: to now in the low 90s. Crazy. I also feel like when I watch them and I don't like I don't have his shot chart up in front of me, anything like that. I feel like he gets to the rim rim. um, almost any time he wants to. He's been and we're deep enough into the season now that none of this stuff is truly fluky. Um, So let's so let's say Zion comes back um, January again. He's not playing back to backs. Uh, can, can Ingram maintain his value when Williamson is in the mix? He's so,
1: yeah, I mean, I'm not selling Ingram. I get that
0: some of the shooting is unsustainable, but no,
1: especially with this outlook for, for for Zion, no way I'm selling him. He's, he's so young. I mean, he he was actually shooting pretty well last year before the, was it a blood clot? Whatever that, whatever he dealt with, it was serious. Uh, he was shooting, the shooting was, was, was doing very much showing this progression before that. So fully in on him. He looks like a, a, a star. Right now, I'm a buyer in him.
0: Uh, yeah, I would tend to agree with that. And uh, it's gonna be again, fun to
1: see that team with with a healthy Zion next year. It's gonna take next year, but man, that team has the makings of being quite quite athletic and quite fun to watch.
0: I feel like the other thing that we saw with Zion in the uh, in the preseason is that like they're not gonna they don't have to run a lot of stuff for him to for him to get to 20 points, right? Because <laughs> he's like a he's like a 70% shooter. Gone. He gets he he is someone who overpowers people and gets to the rim at will, and there's just not a damn thing you can do to stop him. And again, like he can chase down rebounds and get buckets that way. Like you don't need to call a lot of plays for Zion for him to get to 18 to 22 points, something like that. So I would tend to agree Ingram. Ingram definitely holds his value.
1: Yeah, no, the ball's not gonna have to be in his hands. He's gonna be finishing oops and and putbacks and all that for sure. Yeah, no, Ingram, Ingram is a monster. Zion, I just hope and hope as just a basketball fan that this is not going to be, you know, a thing with him this whole career. I mean, the guy's body's unique. We've never seen anyone built like him and he, what, he really measured six foot six. I mean, maybe that's yeah. going to be difficult for the knees to withstand someone with that explosion in that body frame. I don't know. I hope, I hope he's fine, but this is definitely not great for fantasy owners this year.
0: Yeah. I felt like coming into the season, the only, the only comp that um, made sense to me and I, you know, I've seen like Barkley comps just in terms of explosion, um, he he plays an awful lot like well athletically anyway he looks an awful lot like Dominique except he's I don't know sixty pounds heavier and much of it is muscle right like it's just it's it's hard to it's hard to wrap your head around yeah
1: no it is but yeah no, this is obviously pessimistic and it, it sucks it sucks yeah and it's a fear it was a fear that's there and hopefully it's just nothing and they're being extra cautious but at minimum they're going to be cautious you know in in his return and once he gets there fantasy owners have to understand once he returns no back-to-backs in low 20 minutes i mean it's going to be yeah that's so brutal. Slow. i mean it's going to be he's not going to be yeah i mean i should probably just drop him in that format frankly
0: the the no back-to-backs also mean that for practical purposes like when he gets a four game week it probably becomes a three game week right because there's usually a back-to-back in there like there's just not going to be any four game weeks from zion exactly no, no. And the minutes won't be there either. Let's move on to topic number five in our starting five. And that is that uh, the the PED guys are coming back really soon. Uh, DeAndre Ayton coming back. John Collins will be coming back soon. Obviously, if they are if they were dropped, if they if you're in kind of a deadbeat league and they're still in the waiver wire, get him. Let's talk about the impact on their respective teams when they return. Uh, Aaron Baines probably affected in Phoenix. And then I, I assume that the, you know, again, just watching the Hawks last night, I assume that even though Jabari Parker has had a nice little Renaissance with, uh, with, Collins out I assume he maybe doesn't entirely go away but loses a ton of value
1: yeah I think Baines and Parker are unfortunately going to be both probably droppable when these guys come back Aiton was the number two fantasy player during his one game played this year yes. per game basis so <laughs> I but, know every no, time
0: I do a player search he keeps right, showing up right. as he like the, the number up, one yeah. or number two know, player, yeah. so
1: funny I know what a monster he was but I mean he will be obviously very good but uh, all he has to do now is just be better than Luca he Luca hasn't been very good fantasy thing you know the guy <laughs> taken ahead of him but um Anyway, yeah, I think it definitely destroys uh, the fantasy value of those uh, Parker and Baines and Phoenix when these guys do return. One thing I, while we're on the Suns, another guy had in my stock uh, up video was Ricky Rubio. Have you seen what he's been doing lately? 14 assists the last three games, just going, going. That's actually having a career high in assists right now, and he's leading the t- the Suns like top ten in offensive efficiency. Um, so yeah, after a couple of down seasons in Utah, we're apparently point guards go to die. I mean, if you look at what Mike Conley's doing too. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, anyway, Rubio's being interesting in Phoenix too.
0: Is So I guess the the one question I'd have here is Baines seems, even though like John Morant just just ripped his soul out of his body with that dunk the other night, Um, Baines seems kind of essential to the winning that's going on in Phoenix, right? Like his, I'm looking at his box plus minus right now. It's, it's 4.8. Like he's been... He's been a sneaky valuable player to them. Per thirty six minutes, he's at like twenty points per game. Twenty two. He's got to still play. I feel.
1: Yeah, that's possible, but I don't think it'll be more than that. Twenty two minutes is what I'm saying. But yeah, if you're in a deep enough league, sure. Yeah. No, he's turned himself into a, a, a you
0: know much improved player. That's probably right. Okay, as we transition out of the starting five. We So we hit the, the Kevin Love trade rumors a little bit earlier. We are coming up on the date, the 15th of December, when, you know, guys who signed contracts in the offseason can now get dealt. Um, your guy, D'Angelo Russell, um, can potentially get dealt. Uh, other trade candidates out there, Tristan Thompson seems like a pretty obvious one. you got to wonder, uh, with the Pelicans being where they are, if maybe J.J. Redick isn't somebody who can get flipped. Um the Knicks have to deal from their stable of power forwards at some point. Maybe Morris is flipped. Uh, anybody I'm missing here? Anybody that you're? Oh, Steven Adams. I, pretty much anybody in Oklahoma City could be traded, right? Like that should happen at some point. I don't know that. I don't know that there's a market for Chris Paul. I don't know that there's an ideal buyer for Chris Paul. But uh, I don't know. Those are some of the names out there. Is there anybody that you've stashed in anticipation of a of a potential deal? Paul
1: would be the interesting one, but I, they they say he's they're adamant that he's not going to be traded. But um, I guess my best answer is Nerlens Noel if Adams does get dealt because he's just so he's helpful even in limited minutes with those steals and blocks in category leagues, So I like, I like Noel as a stash and, and Russell um, local media is treating it like he, they're in no rush at all to trade him. Makes sense. He's you know dealt with the, what was the thumb injury? Now he's back at a nice yeah. game last night. So they'll let at minimum, let him fill up the box score. For uh, fantasy owners, you know, in the meantime, build up his fantasy value or sorry, his real life value as well, because no one else is there. I mean, even even when Green Draymond plays, I mean, he's you know he's not a guy who shoots the ball at all. So D'Angelo Russell is going to go nuts, put up video game like numbers if he can stay healthy in the meantime. But definitely a possibility to trade. But if I had to guess with him, I'd say off season or stay. So I, I think he's in the right situation for fantasy owners, right where they want him. But as, as a stash and a deeper league guy, it's Nurland Noel.
0: Yeah, the the Chris Paul situation seems just impossible, but. If he's not dealt like if he's not dealt during this season, I mean, the contract just gets it just gets worse. Right. Like it just gets uglier. And those end years are like a billion dollars. Nobody's nobody's going to want to pay for the very tail end of that contract. Um, right. But I, but I don't even know who the suitors would be right now. Right. I guess he took SGA under his
1: wing and they've gotten along really well. So that's another, you know, maybe they'll be more reluctant to, to trade him. But he's actually done really well fantasy wise. I mean, I kind of at yeah. the beginning, I'm like, oh, the, be- the end might really steep cliff for him. But no, like he's actually bounced back. So so that's been nice to see. Yeah, be right. I don't see the fit. He he should join Kevin Love somewhere with Carmelo Anthony or something. Yeah, because I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it's all going to work. But you're yeah. That's that's the other side of this is what teams want these aging veterans with these big contracts.
0: Right. What do you think the Heat do? Like the Heat to me are just the most. I don't know. Probably at this stage of the season, the Heat might be the the most interesting team out there because uh, yeah, I, I do. A fair amount of radio uh, with, uh, with the Big O Show uh, out of Miami. And uh, we talk about the Heat occasionally. And like for a team that has like no future picks, right? Like they, you just look, you know, they kind of went all in on, on this season. Maybe they're looking to free agency in a couple of years. Um, but they've, you know, they've flipped an awful lot of stuff uh over the last over the last 24 months or so um so for a team without like any picks coming up they have a really bright future right tyler hero's obviously been great kendrick nunn has been great um duncan's been great like they have a bunch of fun pieces um they've certainly got some stuff that they can that they can do like current assets live players not necessarily draft picks but live players that are pretty interesting to other teams um do do you think they would go after uh, maybe Maybe it's not. I don't know. Maybe there's an a Linux on one side, Kevin Love thing on the other. I don't know. Do you think they'd make a run at anybody? that's possible they're so well coached man they're that two seed right now with justice winslow being hurt Dragic yeah. being
1: hurt i mean butler they got the motivated butler which we were hoping for and uh yeah that he can be devastating you know that the both ends of the for duncan robinson hit 10 threes the other night if you're looking for to for trey bombs add to your fantasy team he's widely they, available like still. they
0: always have a guy who's hitting like seven to yeah. ten threes and It'll it's, it's be a different guy every that. night like it's yeah. hero one night and then it's yeah. and then it's duncan the next
1: yeah, and Bam has been talk about a guy who lived up to the fantasy hype
0: preseason. What? Yeah, a I didn't even mention Bam. Yeah, yeah. like an you like know. an almost he's he's kind of in that Graham class where I don't know go find a way to keep him out of the All Star game. He's been fantastic. Yeah, no, so no, they're good. They're they're the real deal. And um, I, I uh, yeah, I liked
1: him as a playoff team this year. I didn't see them being a legit threat so soon. And you're right that they they make sense. as going after one other big name. Totally.
0: They've also like they've got a couple of like just terrible, I don't know, like they're not getting anything out of uh, uh James Johnson, right? They're not getting anything out of Waiters, Waiters has had the most ridiculous Waiters. completely uh uh player notes uh profile that you're ever going to see, right? Like they're getting, those guys make a lot of money and they're not getting anything out of them and the team is still great.
1: Yeah, I know Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, what you yeah, have Waiters situation was so it's definitely weird, but yeah, Jimmy Butler, I know you're a Butler guy and this is what happens, you know, you're motivated and, and play Oh, man, they're they're coaching really matters too and that team's uh yeah they're they're, they're doing well
0: I am I am forever a Jimmy Butler guy I really enjoyed that guy in Chicago um, I actually Butler uh gave just a terrific interview with uh, this is probably a couple weeks back with uh, Vincent Goodwill that people should check out on Yahoo um, really sort of enlightening about the about the person and his outlook on the season um, really really fun thoughtful player yeah I know
1: he has a crazy backstory right
0: Oh, an unbelievable backstory. Yeah, Uh, like kicked out of the house, um, sleeping on friends' couches for like a protracted period of his childhood. Um, Really crazy backstory. And like, just nobody comes from the sort of high school collegiate level that he was at and becomes like a bona fide NBA, like, I don't know, whatever he is, top 10, top 15 player in the league. Like, just a a terrific story. I I love that guy. I, I still regret the... And the Bulls got some fun stuff in the in the Butler deal, but I still regret that he's just not finishing his career here. He was he was a favorite. Let's get on to uh, every every week. I feel like we I I tease this a little bit every week. Uh, you, you know, you shoot some videos on fantasy hoops and you talk about your pickups of the week. Who was in there this time around? Yeah, so other I,
1: I mentioned threes with with Duncan Robinson and other three guys. Ben McLemore is widely available. Available. He didn't have a great last game, but the minutes have been there for him in houston a top 30 fantasy player the last two weeks eric gordon will eventually be back but he'd been was horrible before horrible. Uh, houston's yeah. number one in pace last i looked and you know this has coincided with russell westbrook playing another guy i was like oh boy he made the end might be there but he's at fantasy terms playing much much better lately too so even if it comes off the bench whatever McLemore's flying up you know firing up the threes so so he's one guy, Matisse, the Thibault. I've talked about him before, but he's kind of gone back to his six-man role and Josh Richardson's returned, But man, there's this advanced stat on, on 538 that's called Raptor. And um, I was I, I looked at it and they graded the defensive players. They had him ranked first this year. Number two, sure. Rudy, Rudy Gobert. And number three, Kawhi Leonard. I mean, that's crazy. His stocks, the steals and blocks are out of control per minute. So if you're in a category league and you can stash Thibault, I mean, that guy... He really has a ton of upside in the nine cat leagues, even when he the, the kind of guy that only scores like eight point. You're like, how is Jonathan Isaac so ranked so highly when not scoring? He's that other guy that could become that. Yeah. I know lately he's been on fire shooting, but in, you know I'm talking a lot of, before I get to other guys. Do You have any thoughts on those?
0: Fibel is he's first of all, he's a guy that I've picked up in all of my Yahoo leagues. Um, if you look at his per 36 numbers, it's more than three steals a game. Um, it's like a block and a half and three plus steals a game just a a pure pleasure to watch too, (laughs) like an absolute pleasure to watch clearly a great defensive player. No question about that. I don't like the three point percentage. He's a 46 percent right now, which seems which seems a little on the high end. Right. But as long as he's hitting him, he's going to play. He's getting last two games. He's played over 25 minutes. Like if he settles in as a 25 minute per game player. We talked about this with uh, with Jimmy McCormick a few weeks ago. Like that guy at 20 minutes a game is, is just a category winner for you. Like in a category league, um, first of all, he's going to get, he's going to get a bunch of block shots and, and he's a wing player. So you're getting, you're kind of getting a stat that you don't expect from a position, which is always fun. And he's just going to win you steals. Like when they have a four game week, you're just going to win steals with this guy.
1: Yeah. He's been shooting a little over his head recently, but that's why he's been like a top 40 fantasy player last two weeks. But even if that regresses, all he needs is 25 minutes with those defensive stats. Last guy, um, I believe you saw him last night, uh, Kevin Herter, I mentioned, because he's been dropped in a lot of leagues uh, after, you know, drafted in most because... People liked him as a rookie. Uh, dealing with this shoulder injury that is slowly getting better. It's his non-shooting uh, shoulder. And he's actually seen backup point guard minutes uh, to Trey. And Trey Young's been moving off the ball a little too. So the assist numbers have been there. So even in fantasy owners, look at the box score. Scoring hasn't been there. I expect that to, to get better when his shoulder does as well. So hurters in a guy, I'd say, you know, in more competitively if you wanted to stash.
0: Was there, do I have this right? Is it possible that Markel Fultz and uh, Thibel were on the same Washington team? Was that a thing? And they didn't make the tournament? That seems crazy to me.
1: I did not know. Yeah, I don't follow college much at all. I know that that was a very weird thing that, you know, a guy going number one overall couldn't have a. How do you not even make the tournament? You know, that with that many teams, you know, whatever the Pac-12 right. wasn't that great either. So they had
0: Fiebel, too. That's interesting. Anyway, I've got to talk to Funston about this. Brad, Brandon Funston, our mutual friend, huge uh, Washington Huskies fan. Really I mean, good point
1: guard, too, man. I don't know if you'd expect it by looking at him, but that he is a baller. Oh, Funston no, balls. he
0: totally is like Funston is, um, w- w- weirdly athletic and I, feel like you just, you'd never get that sense. Just, I don't know, whatever, watching a fantasy talking head, but, um, like I can usually in a, in a pickup game, you know, I've got not because I'm, uh, talented or anything, but I have freakishly long arms. I can usually block sure. some shots. I can't, I can't stay in front of Brandon Funston and I cannot block that elbow jumper, that I know he wants to get to. Like, I know where he's going. I know where Brandon Funston wants to end up on the floor, and I can't touch the shot, and it drives me crazy.
1: Yeah, and no, I think his high school team won some championship state championship or something, and I believe it, too. No, he's a baller. You wouldn't believe it looking at him, but, man, he he is a straight baller. All right, what have we got else uh, to finish this off, uh, Andy?
0: Yeah, or in case you missed it this week, um, just a couple things I wanted to hit the first uh, real quick. Um, our first guest on this podcast was Ricky O'Donnell, And he wrote a really fun thing on John Morant, just sort of checking in on Morant. Morant, by the way, we arguably should have talked about him earlier in the show. He uh, he not only had that just um, insane dunk that I've rewatched, I don't know, about 40 times over Baines uh, uh, just the other night. But uh, Morant returned from the back spasms that we thought were going to cost him, I don't know, a month, multiple weeks, maybe even take him out of the rookie of the year chase. But he's right back in it. Um, He's playing again. And he's looked sensational his first couple games back. Yeah, Dylan Brooks did
1: have a nice game, but yeah, I was like, oh, all these guards are possibilities, but Tyus Jones kept disappointing. Melton looked okay, but yeah, week to week suddenly turned into one week, so very good news for the Rookie of the Year uh, candidate.
0: Yeah, best case scenario on him, and Ricky did a really nice job walking through some of the best Morant highlights from the season so far. Um, just a bunch of little Twitter videos that are really fun and Ricky's just a great writer. So that was a fun piece. And then the other thing I wanted to mention, I don't know if you have a chance to, to see it yet, but, uh, our Yahoo colleague, Chris Haynes had, uh, an extended interview in his posted up feature with, uh, CJ McCollum and like, it's great. Anytime McCollum is just talking into a microphone for any length of time, really fun, super thoughtful. He's not, um, He doesn't come, he might be guarded, but he doesn't come across as all that guarded, right? It seems like a very candid forthcoming interview. Um, Really interesting stuff. Talks about, uh, talks about some interesting off-court issues and then gets into a little bit, um, you know, his first couple seasons, barely playing, barely finding minutes. He was in, he was in kind of an odd circumstance where you're a lottery pick um, on a team that's like, I I think, I think that, I think that Blazers team with Aldridge And maybe a second year uh, Dame won 50 plus games, right? Like they were in sort of that, you know, uh, chase for the, the, at least to get to the Western conference finals, it was a great team. So he barely played. uh, And he talks a little bit about the struggles of that. Uh, It was pretty cool. Pretty good interview. And they obviously have a history, too.
1: I'll I'll definitely check that out. And to tie it all together back with uh, Durant, you know, McCollum, they made some noise when they did a podcast together last year when Durant just totally sunned him being like, well, you guys are contenders and just totally laughed at him. But uh, McCollum, I know he's in. Yeah, so that's cool. I'll check I'll check him out. But uh, sounds good. I like I like when I know players a little bit more like that.
0: No, it was great. And uh, uh, Chris Haynes does great work. And those two obviously have a little camaraderie. Like, it was fun. It was, a, it was a fun listen, a fun watch. So check that out. It's available on, I was watching it on uh, YouTube somewhere. I'm sure it'll be, uh, I'm sure it's easily found on Yahoo's platform. And that will do it for this week's show. We will be back next Thursday. Please, folks, as always, uh, subscribe, rate, review, review nicely on Apple Podcasts. Uh, tell your friends about the show. You can always send us questions and we'd be happy to take them on the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy, at Dalton Del Don, at Andy Barron's uh, Go Bulls. We are out.